All right. So, Matt, why was the succubus arrested at the Kia dealership? <laughs> I don't know. Because she was stealing souls. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Good. Feeling all right? Yeah. Ready to ready to talk about some scary stuff? Heck yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, not really shown uh, outwardly because of how we record, but it's been, what, two weeks now since you and I sat down, so it's nice to be back in the in the graveyard here. Yeah, I know two weeks, and you know we've dealt with home repairs and and <laughs> stuff like that that have interrupted our normal schedule. Yep. Even though for you guys, our you know everything is right on time, but you know for us, we're kind of like, ah. yeah, everything's been wild here for a while. <laughs> you know, crap still happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hence why we're ahead on recording <laughs> just in case. Um you know your your water pipes don't give a crap if you're supposed to record a podcast that night. No. That's just... <laughs> no, that's true. They they're like I'm giving out and I don't care what you're doing. This is this is what I'm doing and you're going to have to deal with it. It's like a a baby. Doesn't care what you got yeah. going on. You're going to have to deal right. with it. Uh, so we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. We're proud members of the Podbelly Network. Uh, you can find different shows to listen to, and you can find different tricks and tips on recording your own podcast if you're interested. Um, we'd also like to thank tonight's sponsors, Every Plate and Feels, and we'll talk a little bit more about them later. Um, but we also want to say go check out patreon.com slash graveyardtales. Um, you can... Uh, sign up and get some of our bonus episodes that we put out. We're recording some tonight um, that we'll put up later. Um, probably will be put up before this main episode drops, but whatever. Um, it's that weird time loop of recording. But uh, you can find different, you know, levels that you can subscribe to. And we got, you know, for our $10 a month members, you can actually see the ad-free video version of these main episodes. So we put those out so you can see what we may have messed up on that I cut out of the main audio episode or the faces that we make at each other while we're recording and <laughs> very rarely. Or the, or the interruptions by children. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what we just had. Yep. So it uh, it gives you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at uh, what goes on here. Very rarely do Matt and I flip each other off anymore, so you don't get to see yeah. that. But You, you don't know. get to see that. <laughs> uh, go, go check out patreon.com slash graveyard tales if you want to get some more graveyard tales. Listen to more Matt and I, and we're 
a little looser with our language there. Um, so just be aware of that. We get a little more blue occasionally. And some of the topics are topics that we couldn't do on the main episodes just because of the content of the topics. But also they may be a little short, um, not have as much information, so it wouldn't make a full episode, but we still want to tell you about it. So go over there and check that out. Also, uh, thanks to everybody who has sent us something in the P.O. box um, we appreciate that. And if you want to send us something, we do have the PO box address in the show notes. You can go down there, check it out and send us something as long as it's not perishable because I only check it about once a week and I don't need, you know, a bad bunch of grapes rotting in our PO box. <laughs> Why you yeah. would send us grapes? I don't know, but you know, <laughs> it's always grapes. I know. I don't know what it is. We get, you wait long enough, you get some raisins out of it. Right, or some wine. <laughs> but, Matt, that's all I've got for um, the housekeeping here. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight, Adam and I are going to to dig into some, some stories about... Um, a specific kind of demon mm-hmm. that I'd say pretty much everybody will have heard the term. You you may not fully understand what it is. So tonight we're going to discuss the succubus. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, you know, I, I think everybody has heard that either in a TV show or movie. You know, it's usually some, you know, some guy talking about an ex-girlfriend going, yep. yeah. Yeah, she was like a succubus, you know. And you know, may, maybe you understand that's a female demon, but you might not fully understand what that entails. Sure. Yeah. So, and where that would come from, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So if if it's a term people still kind of throw around today, if it, there's this idea of a female demonic entity, it started somewhere. It's sure. not a modern thing. So we're going to kind of look into that and and talk about um, some some history behind it. We're going to talk about some actual encounters that have been documented, and uh, we're going to give you some tips on how to tell maybe if you've interacted with one. Right. So, right. So before we get into this, um, we just want to let everybody know that this the succubus does by nature of the legend it kind of include some things that you might not want your kids to hear innuendos about. We're not going to get graphic in this um, episode, but you know, you may listen to this first before letting your kids listen to it just to make sure there's nothing in here that you don't want them to listen to. Yeah. So no, no graphic details, but we're definitely going to be talking about some things that uh, I'm not going to let my kids listen to. So right, right. You you be your own judge. All right. So as we always say, go check out our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found our information and and see what we've compiled there and, and maybe dive a little deeper into what we didn't cover. Um, but like Matt said, we got to look at what a succubus is. Now, this is the dictionary definition of succubus and it says it's a demon in female form said to have intercourse with men in their sleep now mythology.net has a different 
similar but slightly more detailed version of it. And they say it's a smart, sexy, and potentially deadly demon. The, the succubus is not a demon to be underestimated. She is a powerful seductress who loves nothing more than to toy with men. And although she might seem fun at first, you wouldn't want to make her angry. All right. So we need to look at the physical description as well. Um, and this says that today the word succubus conjures up voluptuous images, women with long wavy hair, silky skin, and flawless curves. They wear skimpy leather costumes to flaunt their bodies, and they don't try to hide the telltale signs of their demonic nature. Bat wings, barbed tails, curled horns, and glowing eyes are all common among modern succubi. But these she-demons weren't always so glamorous. Uh, From the dawn of their legend, well through the medieval ages, succubi were considered hideous, deformed creatures. They uh, They were somewhat smaller than average people, and they stooped and crawled instead of walking upright. Their feet were like raptors, so like a bird's feet. Um, Their faces like gargoyles, and their fingers tipped with ragged claws. So that is true that Nowadays, in you know the the way people think about uh, succubus is a, a a temptress, a very you know attractive female demon that you might not yeah. know at first was a demon because you're just so enraptured by their beauty. Yeah, and you know one of the one of the things that I attribute not just this. But with the other modern depictions of mythical creatures or, or demons, having this, having number one, a, a more human appearance, and number two, being somewhat sexy mm-hmm. um, or, or really freaking cool is like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I mean, go, go open up. And I I haven't looked at a Dungeons and Dragons book in a long time, and of course I I don't know how many of the books you know they they use now. I mean, so much so much of this can be done online, and um, but back when I was you know a kid, um, I had friends that were into Dungeons and Dragons. I never really was, but I enjoyed looking at the artwork in the books. Right, right. So you'd buy like you know dungeon master's guide and and something and it would have it would have illustrations of what these creatures would look like and the artist depictions it were were really cool because they were trying to sell this game Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't do you a whole lot of good to go here's this hideous looking female (laughs) sex demon you know that looks like a toad with claws um no, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, they're gonna be cool, they're gonna be hot, they're gonna be sexy, they're gonna have some really cool weapon, whatever. I mean, that's how it is, you know. Look at a picture of a Valkyrie, you yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, they're not just beautiful, they're beautiful and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna kick some butt. Right. I mean, you know, so I think the modern depiction of these type of, of entities has changed because of those type of renditions from, you know, whether it be from 
graphic novels to Dungeons and Dragons books or posters that kids throw up in their rooms, um, that has changed what what our modern concept of what these creatures look like, as opposed to maybe what they were thought to uh, have looked like 200 years ago. Yep, sure. Yeah, the, the, the modern age has changed it, and the activity of the succubus is still basically the same with a few little tweaks, um, but that leads us into the personality. And this article I found said, again, there is a distinct difference between today's succubi and the succubi of ancient legend. The she-demons of today have intense charisma and seductive powers to match their good looks. They are clever creatures who tantalize men with their words as much as their bodies. They can be domineering and vengeful if they feel slighted, but they ultimately take pride in their ability to please and manipulate men. Now, the ancestors of today's succubi, on the other hand, had personalities as nasty as their looks. They were sneaky, controlling, and malicious. And despite being sex-crazed, they had no interest in pleasing men. Instead, they used sex for their own purposes, to please themselves, to corrupt the pious, to gain life force, or even to have children. So we've got to look at some things that are similar to the succubus and ones that kind of move into the succubus mythos and all that stuff. So the first one that we want to look at is Lilith. And now we have touched on Lilith before in other episodes, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners know the story of Lilith. But this is uh, is kind of just a, a rundown of what kind of Lilith is in relation to the succubus. And this is perhaps the most famous seductress of all time. Lilith is known as the mother of all succubi. She appears in Sumerian, Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Judaic, and Christian mythology. Lilith first appeared in Sumerian culture as a goddess of fertility and witchcraft. Later, the Assyrians and Babylonians associated her with dark demons. The Greeks gave Lilith an extensive backstory. She was a beautiful woman who Hera transformed into a monster after her beauty attracted Zeus's roving eye. In her new monstrous form, uh, Lilith roamed the world, seducing men and eating babies. Baby eating. Meh. Now, Judeo-Christian mythology also put their own spin on Lilith. Lilith, Legend that that was hard for me to say. Lilith's <laughs> legend. Um, they described her as Adam's first wife, created at the same time as him. Unlike Eve, Lilith was no meek partner. She refused to honor Adam as her leader. Instead, she went off exploring on her own and discovered the Red Sea, where hordes of demons lived. The rebellious uh, woman found that she liked the demons more than Adam, so she mated with them and began bearing. Uh, Lilim at the rate of more than 100 per day. Now, these Lilim went out into the world as demons, some of them as sexy, independent, uh, and as independent as their mother, um, and these were the succubi. So, apparently, that's where in Judeo-Christian legend is where the succubi came from, from Lilith mating with demons. Now, 
a little bit more of the history here is um, it says female sex demons have been around since the dawn of folklore, and they can be found in cultures all over the world. India has the Yakshini, Arabia has the Quarinha, um, Native Americans have the Deer Woman, China has the Mogwai, and Greece has Lamia. Um, and it's impossible to know which of these legends came first. Most likely they all evolved separately around the same time. Yeah. And that Mogwai. Yeah. And I'm going to touch on the Mogwai, um, (laughs) because I knew that would be a a sticking point for you and a lot of people is, is Mogwai. Well, I know that from a movie, right? So we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about that and why maybe the movie used that term. Um, but what I wanted to touch on here is it says most likely they all evolved separately around the same time. Now, this is something you and I have talked before about Matt, when multiple separate cultures, quote unquote, develop a legend at the same time, independently of each other. Like we talked about with dragons, Mm -hmm. was there something that all of these cultures saw or experienced that made them come up with this legend? How likely is it that they all came up with such a similar creature as a succubus if there wasn't something that they were basing it on? Right. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this, you know, dragons was is a really good example vampires is another one mm-hmm. um because there are there are vampiric legends all over the world and you know some of them a lot of them as you said they they came about roughly at the same time i mean right. with usually within maybe a a century of one another but these people were separated by you know geography Mm-hmm. considerable geography and, and you think there's there's no real written record that these people ever communicated at this time right you know there was no marco polo um traveling you know across india into china and sharing stories at least at that time and there's no written record of it so how would they have done that mm-hmm. if they didn't have something that, as you said, they were basing it on whether it's, hey, you know, th- this creature really did exist at one point in time and may still currently, or there was something else going on at the time in multiple locations that, you know, fueled this legend. Right. Right. And that that's the thing is, was it a creature or was there some sort of plague for lack of a better term that was you know uh, causing men to think they were encountering a a she demon you know what was it something like ergot poisoning that they blamed for werewolves um you know what was it something like that was it a mental illness yep right you know that you know might might be common and treatable today but not you know, 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
Now, this goes on to say that the word succubus, um, it's a combination of Latin words meaning to lie down, uh, first appears in medieval English. Now, by the late 15th century, these she-demons were well-known and often discussed by theologians who tried to explain their origin, their ability to reproduce, etc. Now, later, succubi popped up in witch hunts. Women who, quote, tried to seduce, end quote, men were accused of being succubi in disguise. Now, while women who became pregnant outside of wedlock were also accused of consorting with incubi. So the incubus will have to be another Graveyard Tales episode, um, just not happening right now. Um, But the incubi is a is the male counterpart to the succubi. Yeah. Opposite sides of the same coin. Right. And Incubus was also a good band back in the day. <laughs> Fight me. They, I don't care. The, <laughs> <laughs> they were. I live with one of their biggest fans. Oh, wow. Yeah. I um, I went to see them back, uh, back in the day. And the thing I'll never forget about them, they played half the show as their songs. And then the other half, they just took requests. And it was a small little venue, and I'll never forget, you know, they just took requests for half the, the show. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool, you know, something I hadn't seen done. Were they requesting other, were people requesting other people's songs? Yes. <laughs> yep, they were. Like, hey, play Devil Went Down to Georgia. Okay. Yeah, well, and that was the impressive part. They knew the songs that these people, like, they were old, old rock and roll songs, and they were... Uh, They were playing them. That's crazy. So this goes on to say that during the Renaissance and Romantic period, interest in grotesque, subversive female demons kind of declined. Instead, artists shifted their attention to Greeks, Lamia, who was both beautiful and unfairly cursed. Now, it wasn't until the rise of Gothic literature that succubi began to reclaim their spotlight but they were still changed from their original form, being more beautiful and intelligent. So, like Matt said, it it you know it's the the thought process of the people at the time that will determine how the succubus looks. Mm-hmm. You know they they weren't interested in the grotesque she demon; they wanted the good looking she demon, and it's right. the same as now. You know, um, like you were saying. Um, people would rather look at a good-looking she-demon than, uh, you know, something with a gargoyle head and talons for feet. Now, let's look at different succubus types from, you know, multiple cultures around the world. Now, the Yakshini are mythical beings of Hindu, Buddhist, and uh, Jain mythology. Now, Yakshini is the female counterpart of the male Yaksha, and they are attendees of Kubera, the Hindu god of wealth, who rules in the mythical Himalayan kingdom of Alaka. Now, Yakshinis are often depicted as beautiful and voluptuous with a fly whisk thing in their right hand. So it's like... And you see the stick with the looks like a horse's tail coming off of it. Oh, okay. That, that's yeah. like a little fly whisk thing. Um, so they're holding that in their right hand. Um, they have big fleshy cheeks with wide hips, narrow waist, 
broad shoulders, knotted hair, and exaggerated spherical boobies. So, <laughs> uh, you know, they kind of went and did the 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 exaggerated female form in in this legend here. Yeah the uh, the anime version of yeah the exactly succubus. yep. Um, this says although yakshinis are usually benevolent. There are also Yakshinis with malevolent characteristics in Indian folklore. They are the guardians of the treasure hidden in the earth. So not only are they um, demons who will, you know, kill you, but they're guarding a treasure. Now, here's the Mogwai. So Mogwai. Don't get uh, them wet. Yeah, well, (laughs) that comes up. So... Mogwai, translated variously as ghost, devil, evil spirit, or demon, uh, Mogwai were originally described as malevolent demons who enjoy inflicting pain and misery on the living. These beings were said to sexually reproduce during rainy seasons, um, as these periods signified the coming of more prosperous times. So, we know from the movie that you can't get them wet because they multiply. It came from this... Um, this legend of the Mogwai reproducing during the rainy season. Now, Chinese tradition has evolved, uh, however, so that now Mogwai are believed to be the spirits of the dead who have returned to exact vengeance on those who cause them suffering in life. Now, one way to be rid of a Mogwai is said to uh, sacrifice money, usually in the form of fake banknotes, by burning it, and this provides the deceased with funds to use in the afterlife and hopefully encourages the spirit to move on. So, they're, it, the, the legend of the Mogwai kind of changed from being, you know, the, the evil devil or demon um, who reproduces during the rainy season to a vengeful spirit from someone who has passed on. Yeah, who you can apparently placate by uh, floating a bad check. <laughs> yeah, burning Monopoly money. <laughs> oh, well, you, you, well, a check? I thought you needed money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me burn this $1,000 check real quick, and you just you take off. Get you something really nice. Right. I'm post-dating the check, though. I don't have the funds right now. <laughs> Can you imagine what the afterlife Dollar General store must look like? You know? Oh, geez. <laughs> or the after the afterlife bank, for that matter, where you got to go cash that check. Now, this next one is the deer women. And this is actually a topic that I, I, I want to discuss as a Graveyard Tales episode at some point is the deer people, because I love this the encounters of deer people. So we'll probably pull this back up a little later. But the deer woman, um, sometimes known as the deer lady, is a shape-shifting woman in Native American mythology in and around Oklahoma, the western United States, and the Pacific Northwest. Now, she allegedly appears at various times as an old woman or a young beautiful maiden or a deer. Uh, Some descriptions assign her a human female upper body and the lower body of a white-tailed deer. 
Now, the deer woman is said to sometimes be seen as a beautiful woman just off the trail or behind a bush calling to men to come over. Deer, deer women is often, they're often said to have all the features of a normal young woman except her feet, which are shaped like deer hooves and her brown deer's eyes. So large, you know, like brown doe eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, men who are lured into her presence often notice too late that she's not a natural woman and are then stomped to death. Other stories and traditions, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now, other stories and traditions describe um, the sighting of Dear Woman to be a sign of personal transformation or a warning. Dear Woman is also said to be found uh, fond of dancing and will sometimes join a communal dance unnoticed, leaving only when the drum beat ceases. Um, according to Ojibwe tradition, she can be banished through the use of tobacco and chant. Others say that you can break her spell by looking at her feet, which are in fact hooves. Once she is recognized for what she is, she runs away. So that that's a very close um, resemblance to the other legends of succubi where she lures men in stuff but she has her own you know personality her own traits where she she will show up at dances and stuff like that and and possibly lure men away yeah so you know ladies when uh when when you're when you're with a new guy you know and and it's still all that you know hey we're still getting to know one another and he, you know, you're you're hanging out, you're watching television, and he offers to give you a foot massage. Okay, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's he's making sure that you're not some kind of weird sex demon. You know? <laughs> right. It reminds me of of the movie Boomerang. You remember that with Eddie Murphy? No, I don't. And and, and he's he's kind of this he, he's he's kind of this player type guy. You know. And uh, he he's laying in bed with a la- with, with uh, a lady and 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 he's looking down and she's asleep and he and he pulls pulls the sheets up toward him to expose her feet and her feet toenails look like corn chips yeah and he's like oh you know <laughs> and then you know late later he he meets another one and he does the same thing and her and her feet are all like real real cute petite and everything and then he just kind of smiles to himself and he goes back to sleep (laughs) like you gotta check these feet you know if they look like wolves or if they look like you know eagles talons you know then maybe Mm -hmm. maybe just maybe yeah (laughs) you you've got a succubus on your hand so you know matt i would like to say that's probably what men are doing but i don't think they're that smart um, <laughs> I don't think we're smart enough to do that. <laughs> Look, you know, ladies, honestly, you know, if you, you know, you, 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 you dress a little nice and you smell good, you know, guys are hooked a lot of times. <laughs> it's like, hey, all right. <laughs> it's like. Her feet look like hooves, man. I was like, uh, yeah, but I mean, look at her. You know? Yeah. She pretty. Yeah, I don't know. I, Put a pair of Nikes on her. You can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thus, the legend of the succubus was born. (laughs) (laughs) Modern day succubi wear Nike high tops. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) To to hide their literal crow's feet. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So the succubus in many cultures can be boiled down to a demonic entity that lures men into their spell. Um, It's either to kill them or to cause them pain and suffering or simply to bear more demon children. So uh, many, many cultures have some form of the succubus in one way or another. It boils down to about the same thing. Um, Slight differences depending on the culture, but uh, it's all a seductive demon. Yeah. Um, which, again, we'll get into the male counterpart of it at some point that it, basically they they are, you know, same thing, just a, a, a dude. Yeah, with a little bit of a different approach. Um, you know, incubi tend to be a little bit more violent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, of course, you know, they're they're male. But they they both incubi and succubi have this um, this reproductive quality with humans, right? And right, you know, there's when you when you look into this, that comes up very often in the legends. Is that ultimately they look to reproduce? Yep. And you know the, these 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 children that are born of these unions can eventually become incubi and succubi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, you're essentially looking at you know a human having a, a a demon child, right? But you know, one thing that was that is interesting about succubi and, and how it's been used in pop culture. Um, the show Lost Girl. If I don't know if you were ever familiar with it, no. Um, it was a series that ran a few years ago. The lead character was a succubus. However, she was fae. Hmm. She was not a demon, and the entire show revolves around the fae. Right. You know, dark and light fay. Um and and you know, if you if you ever if you're familiar with the show, if you ever go back and check it out, it's actually a really good it's a really good show. It's it's fun, it's campy, um there it's tongue in cheek, you know, sure. there's a lot of action and fighting. Um they they pull from a lot of different sources as far as mythical creatures and beings. There, I like that. Yeah. R- r- Greek gods are actually in this somehow too. Uh, hmm. Zeus and Hera and and Hades are all a part of this storyline, uh, along with all the different type of fae that we discuss in our episode. Uh, you know, make appearances. Skunk apes even. Oh wow! Um, are, are a recurrent thing, uh, but yes, it it portrays succubi as fae. That's um, interesting. So I wanted to look into is is that a possibility? And it it seems to be it it was strictly for that show. 
Yeah. You know, well, I, I found no other historical data that ever uh, attributed succubi with the fae. Right. And I, I mean, that's the first time I've heard it as well being uh, attributed to fae. But one of the things that, especially after we've done our research on it and I've continued doing some fae research and, you know, even before that episode, I was kind of into the fae in the, the fae realm. I, I, I tend to think a lot of what we attribute to other things may mm-hmm. actually just be the fae in the fae realm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, potentially UFOs. What if they are not extraterrestrial? They're fae in some way. They're some form of fae. And we just threw our modernizing of culture. We have lost that knowledge of the fae realm that our ancestors had. So we don't think, oh, this is this is the fae. This is, you know, whatever uh, uh, entity from the fae realm. We just attribute it to something else. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't 100% discount someone who said, oh, yeah, you know, the, the succubi is a form of fae. But like you said, there's not really evidence um of that in any research or or any uh encounters but you know i i I, there might be a fay that is similar to the succubus right um you know the and i don't recall coming across anything like that but it doesn't mean there's not because there were so many different types of fay and and we i, I mean we touched on uh, probably 20 yeah um That's but just there were there the were surface. even more i mean and th- and then there were variations of well-known fay right so the likelihood that there is one that is very similar um especially when you're talking about dark fay uh it it's probably pretty good yeah, uh, and that and that may be what they were taking it from. Who knows? But I mean, we're talking about Hollywood. They take sure. a lot of artistic license. It, it made for an entertaining show. They they definitely didn't produce this, saying you know this is historically accurate, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you you may wonder. Okay, so here comes Matt with you know some some encounters, you know some some stories about succubi. And, you know, it's not going to be like a haunted place where, you know, I'm going to tell you that that Joe, you know, spent the night over here and was, you know, seduced by a succubus. And, yeah. You know, it, it it just doesn't seem to work work that way. But there are documented cases of suspected uh, interactions with succubi that that date back, you know, centuries and and. One in particular, and this is this has been widely considered to be a true story, but it dates back to the 16th century, and it was recorded by author Nicholas Remy. So apparently in this story, a shepherd was brought into court, tried and convicted of witchcraft. Now, when the shepherd was asked 
how he came to associate with witches, the man claimed that sometime before he had been seduced by a succubus and she had most thoroughly corrupted him. Now, the shepherd went on to say that sometime after his first encounter with the succubus, he fell in love with, you know, a, a, the, the story describes it as a milkmaid. So just, you know, a, a young farm girl. And, and he fell so in love with her, but she wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. Right. So her rejection sent him into this huge depression. Now, one day, he said he thought he saw this young girl that he loved so much hiding behind a bush. So he said he was right there by her side, but she became frightened and pushed him away. But then, all of a sudden, she became extremely receptive to to his advances. So he was encouraged by this, and so he continued... And this milkmaid made him promise to, quote, acknowledge her as his mistress and behave to her as though she were God himself. Okay. Hmm. And this is a is a really good story on what and how the succubus, you know, are and, and, and what they do. They gain control. That's that's ultimately what their desire is, is to gain control over their victims. And once they have that control, then they can pretty much, you know, have a person do whatever it is they want them to do un- until they're done with them and essentially drain their life force. Right. And so, you know, the, the whole draining of the life force, you know, it, it's it's one of those it, when you when you see it depicted in the movies, you you see this, you know, this young, strong, virile man just wither away instantly, you know, as the succubus attacks. If you go by the the historical record, that is not the case. Right, right. It is it is a very time consuming process. You know, they are they are seduced, they are lured, they are brought under the influence of the succubus, and then gradually over time, you know, their their soul is drained from them, almost as if, you know, it's a it's a slow feeding. Mm-hmm. And and that was a trait of the succubi is they they feed on that that soul, that life force, you know, that's what keeps them young. You know, it, it keeps them strong. Uh, and without it, you know, they would eventually die. So, you know, they're, once they're finished with one victim, they immediately have to find another or, and, you know, in some cases they would have multiple in different stages. You know, one is becoming much, much weaker, and they've got a new one that they're already working to bring under their control. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what this story essentially says. You know, this guy was under uh, the control of a succubus, and and he was so corrupted that you know he actually took up with a coven of witches, and was sub subsequently convicted of witchcraft. Hmm. 
Now, if we move forward a few hundred years, the 19th century French author J.K. Huseman's alleged that he became the target of a succubus while he was spending the night in a monastery. Now, Huseman said that he was actually on a pilgrimage and he spent years of his life engaged in an exploration of the paranormal. And, and you can look, I mean, you know, uh, Huseman's writing um, is about a lot of the legends that Adam and I discuss on this show uh, and how he, he would venture across, you know, the, the countryside collecting these stories and legends of these creatures that villagers and, and farmers and townspeople would have, you know, much like vampires and werewolves and dragons and things like that. You know, he collected a lot of these stories and he wanted to find evidence of their existence. Now, this particular pilgrim, pilgrimage he was on at this at the time was intended to help him return to the Christian faith of his childhood. You know, again, you know, we, we have all heard that tale. You know, if you if you hunt, hunt a monster, you become a monster yourself. Mm-hmm. And so he was. He, he was on, on a process of uh, self-purity. So even though his intentions were earnest, he perhaps subconsciously was attracting the wrong kind of spiritual attention. Now, according to the story, while he slept in, this, in the cell inside the monastery, he awoke suddenly and, gl- and caught a glimpse of a succubus as she was vanishing. And he was so convinced that it wasn't a dream um, that he he would not ever return to that monastery because he believed that the bed that he slept in had the evidence that this creature had actually been there. Hmm. You know, and, you know, from from what I was able to discern from this particular article, it was, you know some evidence of some sexual activity that had occurred um, in the bed. And that was his, you know, that, that was his reasoning for believing that it was indeed a succubus that he saw and not a dream or a figment of his imagination, or he was just kind of, you know, up uptight about things or, or, you know, he, he had heard so many stories that he had just fabricated this. Right. So as I said, you know these these encounters, you know they're, you know they're recorded, you know in in history, um, but let's jump up even even uh, more recent than that, all the way to December of two thousand twelve, not even ten years ago. And it's pretty and, recent for stuff like this. It is, and as I was telling Adam before we started recording, um, this is a story that if you start looking into encounters with a succubi that wasn't right a succubi a succubus <laughs> hey <laughs> and that's what happens when a succubus leaves it's a succubi yeah but um but don't bump <laughs> but this encounter comes up very frequently and sometimes it includes the name sometimes it doesn't it's the same story, um, and, it, and it usually always includes the same name. And this is the story of, of a California man named Ethan, 
And, and this is the story of his demonic encounter with a succubus. Now, after returning from school, you know, Ethan was, was tired, um, but he still had a lot of work to do. So he had worked late into the night before he finally just, you know, exhausted. He fell into bed. Now, he fell asleep instantly, but he said he did not sleep soundly. And he dreamt that there was an evil being inside his home and, and it was trying to get inside his room. Now, it finally broke in. And as soon as it did, Ethan jolted awake and he had a ringing sound in his ears. Now, Ethan says he felt the demon and it was on the wall behind his head, holding Ethan's limbs down. It had it had something in his ears, and his left ear began to vi- began to vibrate violently. And he said, "Then this strange sensation spread to his right ear as well." And that is another common thing when you're when you're reading these encounters. Um, this idea of being pinned down to the bed, and you you'll see this with incubi and succubi that. You were you. They were forced down into the bed, and a lot of times these are attributed to sleep paralysis uh, episodes. Sure, yeah. You know, so I, I I can't move. I'm trying to force myself to move. It has. A, I have a feeling that I'm being pinned to the bed. You know, and and then along comes the succubus. Right. Now Ethan said he fought as best as he could, but he couldn't break free said he cursed at this entity and tried to free his arms or or his legs. The demon only laughed at him. And he said this this laugh was so eerie and horrific. And he said it was neither deep nor high-pitched. It was like a tone that he had never experienced before. He said the demon cried out soon and then released him. Now, Ethan sat up got out of bed to turn on the lights, but when the light was on and and he could see everything in his bedroom, he said there was nothing out of the ordinary. However, Ethan says his dogs were acting abnormal, barking, leaping at the door, and trying desperately to get to their owner. So they were outside of his room. Yeah. Now, when he went to the bathroom, he said he was shocked to see his reflection in the mirror said his eyes were bloodshot, said the whites of his eyes were completely red, said at that point, Ethan realized that he had been visited by a succubus. Hmm. Now, according to this story, Ethan still remains terrified of this demon returning, but he has not had another incident since this one in 2012. So, you can take that as you as you will, you know. I mean, it, was it was it a hallucination? I mean, he was obviously you know very tired. You know, he'd been up late doing homework. You know, was it was it a weird dream? Um, was it a hallucination? You know, there there's always going to be a, another explanation that could be pitched out there, right? You right. Know, but just but like this, the, like you said, sleep paralysis. There's always right. some weird um, medical quote unquote explanation for it that yeah. some chemical in the brain, a hallucination, a dream, sure. something like that. 
But, you know, there's there's two sides to this sleep paralysis idea. Um, you know, one, as you just said, um, if you're experiencing sleep paralysis, you, you, you could potentially hallucinate and any encounter with any being, you know, succubus, spirit, shadow people, whatever, is going to be a hallucination that is brought on by this this strange episode of sleep paralysis and whatever is causing that. Mm-hmm. The other idea is that sleep paralysis is a tool that is used by these entities. You know, not only succubi, but their presence causing you to become paralyzed so that you can't fight back, um, uh, you know, allows them to, you know, manipulate you, do whatever it is that they they are looking to do to you, and then then you're able to break free. Right. Your your body uh, and, and your and your spirit, you know, hold the marks. Sure. You know, that sure. that this was the encounter that you had. Yeah, and, Adam, spirit know, and and they say for uh, like UFO encounters as well. Yeah. Like UFOs would do that too. And so I mean uh, we we talked about um we talked about that when we talked about um Stardust Ranch. Yes. Yep. Um you know that that you know whenever these particular aliens would appear, you know, his wife would experience, you know, the sleep paralysis, couldn't do anything. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen it in a lot of other things. It, it, it does kind of make sense and fit, you know, when we're talking about succubi. Um, but, you know, Adam, you having experienced episodes of sleep paralysis and having witnessed um, things happening while you're, you know, in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, I think you can speak to the fact that, you know, it, you're awake and alert when oh, yeah. this happens. This is this is not a situation where you can you can come come to and realize, uh, I'm I really must have been dreaming, but that dream seems so real. It's that you you become aware of the fact that you are not asleep. Right. Right. And that, you know, that's that, it. That's always one of the things with sleep paralysis that makes it so intriguing is the fact that most of the of the records that you read about the the person will describe the fact that i knew i was awake you yep. know this was not a dream that i i was able to be conscious enough to know that i was awake yep that i mean that that was my experience with it i you know when you're having a bad dream and you wake up because you know the the feeling changes you can just the the feeling of being in a dream state versus even though even though it's a very realistic dream maybe um you know that you're dreaming but during the sleep paralysis thing you actually wake up and that's when you notice you can't move mm-hmm. it's not like oh i'm still asleep i can't move it's i wake up and that's how you know oh crap i'm paralyzed i i can't can't move and then again yeah you did sometimes there's visuals with it things are happening beside you or or to you um fortunately i never had anything happen to me um during a 
sleep paralysis event, but there was stuff going on in my room that I saw that yeah. as soon as it disappeared, hey, guess what? I could move again. And it wasn't like, oh, hey, now I'm waking up. Yeah. You know, it, it was definitely different. Yeah. And, you know, not not to tear off on a tangent that we we don't we don't necessarily like, but I, I feel like I have to bring this up. If we're considering succubi to be demonic entities, it, it was interesting in my research that I found a lot of uh, re- religious folks that were dismissing these stories as being, you know, exactly that dreams and hallucinations and whatnot, um, you know, that they didn't exist. You know, they were either completely fabricated or they were just, you know, made up by the mind. But yet in the same vein, you know, these are the same type of, you know, religious folks that are talking about the actual presence of demons and that, you know, Satan is active in the world and can influence Mm -hmm. your decisions and your life. So I'm like, well, if I don't understand how you. You believe in some demons, but you don't believe in others. Right, right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just, I, just the way I think, if you're going to open your mind enough to believe in, in one aspect of this, you you kind of have to be open to the idea of the rest of it. Sure. So yeah. if if you're gonna if you're gonna believe that that demons can influence life on Earth in the present day then why not consider the fact that a succubus or an incubus is a real thing? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that I don't, I don't like when people dismiss parts of things. Right. Right. (laughs) Like you're, you're either, you're either going to be open enough to it to, to get all of it or none of it. Sure. So, so don't, don't tell me that these demons, yeah, they're they're solid. You need to be scared of them. But all these other kind of demons, yeah, these sex demons, they're just made up. Yeah, that's just hallucinations. What? How do you right. know? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the point of the succubus is that it's a demonic figure. Mm-hmm. And that fits right in to, you know, the the legends makes it sound different but the the legends of demons in religion and you can't discount one but it, it may be more out of fear mm, yeah uh that it's dismissed because it's like okay these demons over here i can see that they're working on me and and be able to combat that and do something about that but the succubus, that's scary because, you know, can come at night or can come in a disguise. Mm. And I'm paranoid of uh, everybody now and, and everything at night. And that, that scares me. So I'm going to be dismissive of this, just like people do with ghost encounters. Sure. The people who are the most dismissive about ghost encounters in, in what I've noticed um, are the ones that if you then say, okay, well, go spend time in that haunted house over there. They're the ones most scared to do it. And they're dismissive of the ghost, but it's 
all out of a psychological trying to block that from their mind. And, you know, I'm so scared of this, so I'm going to say it doesn't exist. And I think that that happens a lot when you talk about stuff like the succubus. Mm -hmm. Those that have the most fear of it, that are the most worried about it, try to convince themselves and others that, no, that's just that's hallucinations. Sure. And it, it doesn't doesn't exist because they're scared. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not stomping on anybody's faith. No. I'm just saying, you know, if 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 your argument is going to be that one can't exist, but the other can, I just think that's that's a weak argument. Mm-hmm. OK. You know, that that's all I'm saying. Right. So the idea that a succubus and, and Adam just said it in disguise uh, could approach you. You know, succubi have been known to be shapeshifters, especially if we're considering the fact that they look like gargoyles, can't talk, with with clawed feet and hands, you know, or or, or even they're kind of a a sexy one with with bat wings and a tail. Look, I'll be honest with you. You know, if I'm I'm at a club and I I see somebody and I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, can I buy you a drink? Hey, a nice tail. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> We're even hiding in wings all night. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of like, I'm going to go over here and talk yeah, to some sure. non non winged females. Um, you know, so they they've got to present themselves in a way that would be appealing, uh, without all the extras. <laughs> right. So, so the I, the the concept that they're a shapeshifter makes a lot of sense. Um. But, you know, I found uh, I found some information on how to tell if the person you're with is a succubus, <laughs> which is that's an important, important piece of information here. Yeah. Matt. So. So, again, this is uh, this is going to be the the self-help version of Graveyard Tales. We're going to tell you it's been a long know, time how to know if your significant other is a succubus. Now, this is not an all-encompassing list, nor nor should you go and start checking them off <laughs> based on, you know, your your partner, okay? Right. <laughs> but the but the number one number number one thing I'm going to talk about is she doesn't have any family. And I'm going to say she because we're talking about succubi. These these also apply to incubi. So if I say she, I am only doing that because for the purpose of this show, we're discussing succubi. But ladies, you can use these as well if you right. think your guy is an incubus. <laughs> right. Exactly. So so they don't have any family. So some of you may feel like this is a positive thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but since succubi are demons, they don't have parents or siblings or aunts and uncles it's it's one it's one thing for your significant other to shy away from dragging you to family gatherings but most people inevitably will make comments regarding their mom or their dad or their brothers or sisters so if it appears that they're totally alone in the world for no good reason it could be a red flag you know now number 2 uh your friends hate her or him but they don't know why. Now, sure. I think everyone has been in a relationship where your significant other doesn't necessarily jibe with your buddies. Okay? Right. We've right. all seen that. But if you're involved with a soul-sucking demon, it may be much worse. 
Uh, hmm. You you may feel like that they are the most beautiful, kind, and thoughtful person ever, but you're under their influence. Now, your friends will feel it too, but may not be able to pinpoint a reason. So they may even be scared of her or avoid you if they know that she's going to be around. Hmm. I think I may have uh, dated a succubus in the past. No, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, number three, you feel as if you're being watched even when alone. So do you you feel like your, your girlfriend or boyfriend is eyeballing you even if they're not there? You know, that nagging feeling that if you do something that they may not approve of, that they're instantly going to know. Or the feeling that their presence is still there long after they're gone. You know, that, you know, that, that's, I don't know that I've ever experienced that. No. Well, that whole thing of if I do this, they're going to find out I've experienced that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not instantly. Maybe not they're going to know right as I do this. Like, if I stay and have one more beer, she's going to know. Now, th- this next one kind of goes goes right in line with the previous one. It says, does your significant other's voice echo in your head? So when you're at work or school or otherwise engaged in an activity, does your significant other's voice routinely echo inside your head? Now, you may be hearing everything from subtle hints in her voice or his voice to outright instructions. You know, do this. You know, you need to do this. Go here. But when a succubus has you under her control, it goes well beyond the time when you're together. It's also said that if your relationship has gotten to this point, it may already be too late. That yeah. you're, you're, you're so much under their control and influence that, you know, you're doomed at this point. That if, if you're hearing instructions in her voice inside your head, that that is her control over you. Now, this next one is, have you stopped talking to your friends? Now, In the early stages of dating a succubus, you may find yourself being drawn further into your relationship and essentially ghosting all of your friends without even realizing that you're doing it. Now, if you wake up one morning and realize that you haven't seen your friends in weeks, you may be coming out of a succubus haze. And Hmm. and this could be a sign that your life force is slowly being drained away by a demon. It's interesting. I think or, I've, or I think just, I have been there, or I've yeah. de- I've definitely had some friends that have been there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, might, man, I hadn't heard from you in a month. Where the hell you been? <laughs> yeah, dating a succubus. It's all right. <laughs> I I'm met over the succubus you know, yeah. a few weeks ago. That's great, you know. <laughs> all right, so this next one is it's kind of funny. But I'll explain. It says, during intercourse, your cells feel stimulated. It's kind of the point, isn't it? <laughs> but, You'd think. But due to the nature of succubi, 
they are really, really good at intimate relations. Okay. This is their bag. Okay. It, this is their modus operandi. And after thousands of years of swiping souls out of men, they've learned a few things. Okay. You know, they, they've, they've got it down pat. Sure. So if, if you feel like these intimate encounters are so much more intense than anything you've ever experienced before, you, you might, you might be with a succubus, which, yeah. which leads us to the next thing. You feel drained after intimate relations and not just in the way where you feel tired or dehydrated, but in a way where it seems like you're wasting away. And that a portion of whatever soul you have left is gone. So it says, take note the next time you have relations with your significant other who may or may not be a succubus, but are, are, are they also really, really tired or do they seem energized by the, you know, by being intimate with you? Do, you know, mm -hmm. do you feel drained, but yet they seem like they've all of a sudden gained like super energy. So, I mean, as we, as we've talked about, um, you know, the, the, the succubus ultimate goal is to drain that life force from you. They feed on it. That's how they stay strong. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're noticing, Hey, you know, I'm getting weaker every time we do this. And she seems to be mm -hmm. like, you know, She's over there, you know, crushing cinder blocks with her forehead. You know, it's like, what's going on here? Yep. You might be with a succubus. You might be with a succubus. <laughs> so I feel uh, a new Jeff Foxworthy skit coming on. <laughs> now, see, that's the thing. What about what about a comedian that does all paranormal bits? You know. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'd actually watch them. <laughs> makes a lot of jokes about ghosts and werewolves and succubi and whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. I'd, I'd find most stand-up comedians not funny, so I think that would actually make me watch uh, a stand-up comedian routine. It sounds like a joke, though, doesn't it? It's like a werewolf, a vampire, and a succubus walk into a bar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, okay, this this next one is is interesting. She can feel your emotions. So succubi are incredibly tuned into the emotions of others. And they, they kind of have to be in order to fulfill the dreams of their lovers while they're secretly draining their soul. So, and it goes further than just being maybe overly thoughtful or, you know, just, seem to be in tune with you it, it it asks does your partner always seem to know the right thing to say to make you feel better maybe mm -hmm. they they compliment that one area you've been self-conscious about or seem to call and cheer you up exactly when you're feeling down so if you feel like your significant other always knows exactly how you're feeling even when they're not around you and maybe even uses it against you, there's a good chance that you have a succubus on your hand. I was going to say that last part, very important to the whole, uh, the whole argument, because the very first part of that, I was like, well, maybe they're just a good person, mm -hmm. you know, in tune to you. 
or they're a succubus. But that last part kind of clarifies it, yeah. you know, in the sense, um, rather than trying to run people off from a good um, partner, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody that can yeah. make you feel better, I'm, you know. I mean, just because they make you feel better doesn't mean they're a succubus. That's right. That's right. You know, everybody wants to make their partner feel better and you want to be in tune with their emotions. But if if they seem to be using it to their advantage, mm-hmm. you know, or, or using your emotions against you, then that's something to question. That's Honestly, the key. that's something to question in regular life. You know, yeah, it, right. It, it still uh, mm-hmm. doesn't. That wouldn't necessarily mean you got a succubus, but yeah, they may just be a jackass, but you know, (laughs) either way, jackass or succubus leave. I, 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 you know, I didn't realize this was going to turn into a dating advice show. Yeah. It's (laughs) graveyard tells self-help. Now this, this next one, it says, were you repressed before you met your significant other? Now, Succubi use their powers to pull men out of their comfort zone so that they can freely give up their their soul um, during these these encounters. Mm-hmm. Now, succubi can bring forth your deepest, darkest fantasies, those you may have always felt nervous about sharing with prior partners. Now, before you accuse your significant other of being a succubus, ask yourself, is she really trying to pilfer your soul or is she just trying to get you to have fun outside of, you know, right. social norms? You know, just because somebody wants to get a little adventurous doesn't necessarily make them a succubus. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but if, if it, you know, if it just seems like everything is escalating, you know, it's like you've got, you know, all this stuff in your head that you would never even speak about. And and she's just bringing it out of you or or vice versa. Then then that would be something to question. Mm-hmm. Now, this last one is she only visits at night. <laughs> she only comes out at night. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who knew that Hall and Oates were singing about a succubus? <laughs> but uh it says, have you have you ever been in a long-term, super intense relationship with someone who only visits you at night after you've gone to bed? Nope, never. I've nope. never experienced this ever. Um, nope. It says, maybe she just kind of shows up as you're drifting off. You know, you get the you up text. You know? Yeah, right. Every <laughs> single time. Or, or her body suddenly appears out of the shadows. That would definitely be something to question. You I know, mean, yeah, this, if, that's not even, if, you don't have to tell me that. If I'm going to bed and my significant other every single time just kind of creeps out from behind the door, it's like, wait a minute. Now, <laughs> you don't see, there wasn't the enough room for a person. From? Right. It, that door, there's not enough room for a person behind that door. How did you get from back there? Yeah. You know, that, it's like, it, look. I, I was just That's just common sense. I, man, how long have you been there? I was just lip syncing man eater with a hairbrush. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Did right. you see any of that? <laughs> you lay down and all of a sudden the form of her pops up in the bed beside you underneath the covers, just whoop. Yeah. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is not normal. Yeah. It's a pretty accurate way to determine if you're with a succubus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or just anything weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, but however, before you try to break up with your succubus, you should probably make sure 
that she just doesn't have an intense day job that makes she's only available at night, you know, or something like that. You know? Right. As you know, in a healthcare position, that may be the case for some. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I have never known a nurse to just pop out of the shadows <laughs> every night. So there was this one. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know that those those were fun, and and I thought, well, I got I got to include these. Um, but it does kind of touch on a lot of what we know in the modern sense of what a succubus. Mm-hmm. can and will do um when when they're influencing a victim um so you know it's 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 one of those it's one of those really great mythical creatures that we just don't know i mean it it yeah it is they don't get enough so, airtime either no they don't and um but it is you know it it has been used as a derogatory term you know for women, you know, you'll, you'll hear it, you know, you'll hear oh, some yeah. guy going, man, that I broke up with that girl. God, she was a succubus. She was draining me. Yeah. You know, you'll hear it. That's, that's what they're talking about. You know, they may not be talking about that. She, they were actually draining their soul, but you know, maybe it was just, they were taking their spirit away. They just kind of, yeah, I was going like, to say those doofuses may not even know the actual legend behind it. So, but true, they just you know? know the, in the modern parlance, this is what you say, yeah, you know? Yeah. But now you do. So now, right. you know, you know exactly what a succubus is. Uh, you, you know how to identify one and you've even, you know, heard some historical, uh, stories about encounters At least we hope. with them. We hope now you, we've, allowed you to glean some information about them. Hope it wasn't just a, a rambling session. <laughs> That's right. That happens. Right. So, but, uh, but what do you guys think? You know, I, I mean, you know, I'm of the opinion if, if, if you're a, if you're a firm believer that demons exist and can influence uh human existence on earth, um, I, I think you've, you've got to at least open your mind to the potential that, uh, succubi possibly existed at one time um yep. you know maybe maybe not now you know maybe maybe they do now we we don't know um but it's 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 definitely something that's interesting to discuss and 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 bring up some of the legends and as adam mentioned before um so many different legends of essentially the same creature right it, you know that that really gives you some pause of, you know, how how many different cultures were going to come up with the idea of a creature that did essentially the same thing. May look a little different, um, but but the end goal is the same. So, you know, let us know. What do you guys think? Do, do you think um, you think the succubus is real? Do you, do you think you've ever come across one? Um, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. Um, you know, a lot of interaction in there, a lot of stories, a lot of fun. Just go on Facebook and and Google Graveyard Tales. You'll see the show's main page, but you'll also see the group, which we call The Graveyard. Um, and while you're doing that, you can check us out on other social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just again, go search Graveyard Tales. Then you can check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. 
And on our website, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. And uh, summer is coming, so you, you need that uh, that new stylish T-shirt. You can pick up a new Graveyard Tales T-shirt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can get that uh, new travel mug that you, you want to hang out and sit by the pool. Um, but you can also listen to the show. You can learn a little bit more about Adam and myself. And you can become a patron. As Adam mentioned at the top of the show, there's a lot on our uh, a Patreon content uh, that we offer. There's there's video of us recording the show. There's videos of the, the Patreon episodes there. Um, and those episodes are a lot different sometimes from the shows we put out here on the main, main channel. Um, so we have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we appreciate everyone that's donated to the show. Uh, it, it really helps Adam and I keep putting out, you know, newer and better content. So, uh, Adam, uh, I don't, I don't see any succubi behind you, and pretty sure None I don't behind have any behind you. me. No. So, uh, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. That just sounds like a lot of women I've known. They seem fun, but then don't make them angry or, or they'll kill you. Easy there, Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> there, and there's no there's no toilet paper at all. Right, right. <laughs> always out of paper products. It's it's always on back order. <laughs> that and there's no and there's never any Mountain Dew. Right, know? right. <laughs> It's not called Mountain Dew at the dollar store. It's like hill drops or something. Hill condensation. <laughs>